Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you about Ball. You've been hearing us talk about them right now. They're looking for people who have the technical and mechanical skill to help them manufacture aluminum cans and bottles right here in Colorado. They've been doing this for a long time. You guys know about them, the iconic brand, and they sound like a phenomenal place to work. They've been practicing diversity and inclusion with their staff for years, while other major companies just talked about that as a workplace idealism. Their culture of belonging has been noticed by the human rights campaign. They have a corporate equality index score of 100%. So check them out, a really cool company. And if you're are interested in helping them out in their plant, you can text GOLDEN to 77222 and you'll get linked to open possessions uh, positions. You can even go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. What is up, everybody, and welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up. Take advantage of that college football deal. I'm telling you, I've been telling you guys this all week. Free $75 if you sign up right now. As long as that Clemson game has like one point, you're going to win your, your bet back. So it's definitely going to have more than one point um, unless they go to quadruple overtime and nobody scores. So hop on DraftKings Sportsbook, use promo code DNVR when you sign up. We've got a special show for you. We're not live today, uh, but I do have a, a special guest I've been wanting to talk to for the longest time. I think we tried to link up a little bit back. You've never you've never been on the show, have you, Mo? You've been no, this is, my, this is my first run. That's what I thought so. So I'm really excited. He was a former video coordinator, Clippers, Spurs, been around the NBA, does great film breakdowns, Bleacher Report, The Athletic, and then one of my favorite national NBA pods, Nerder She Wrote. Uh, one of the three amigos on that one, it's Mo DeKeel. So Mo, thanks for joining me, man. Oh, no, Adam. Thank you for having me on, man. It was perfect timing because you just did a video on Bones Highland, who I am, I, I have to admit, I, I, I am in love. It's been a while since I've been <laughs> this madly in love. Um, but I, I really enjoyed just getting to know him as a personality and as a character. And then his game was just a lot better. Um you did a breakdown on him. We're going to get to that in the second segment, but just quickly, we, you can tease. I get the sense from watching your video that he wasn't a guy you had like penciled in as, oh, I'm going to watch this guy, but you took a look and maybe you were a little surprised by what you saw. Yeah, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is during the season, I don't watch college basketball. Right. It's hard enough with NBA and, and, and just I need to have at least some, some small semi-balance of a social life. Right. So I got I can only really stick and lock in on one sport and it's going to be the NBA. I love the NBA. So a lot of times summer league, I'm going to guys, you know, almost as a blank canvas for most guys. And that was one of them. And, and you know, a couple of people were like, yo, you got to check out Bones Highland. First off, the nickname Bones. Yeah, you're in. 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 You know, I'm like, oh, it's OK, cool. <laughs> gonna go check him out that's all it is you know um and it's and then, a nickname that's like his actual name because some some nicknames you know like the blue arrow nobody calls him that bones i i don't think i've ever said uh nashawn i've only said bones highland no i i i had to figure out what his first name <laughs> was you know um yeah. when i was doing my breakdown but the uh that's how i kind of just sort of fell into it and, and and we can get into that in the second segment and what i saw from him I love it. Uh, first thing I want to do, though, is kind of get our bearings here and just hear what you have to say about the Nuggets. And in particular, um, Michael Porter Jr. I, I think this is the year of Michael Porter. At least it better be for Denver. It better be the year of Michael Porter. If it's not, uh, it might be a long season for Denver. But 
it's interesting. He's a player that the, the perspective on him in Denver from the Denver Nuggets media versus outside seems to have a quite a wide gap right now. Where do you see Michael Porter? And do you think he is a superstar in the making, a star in the making, or a good player in the making, or, or maybe something worse than that? Yeah, no, I think he's a star in the making. And it's not to say he can't become a superstar, but I really save that, okay. you know, for that's superstar is such a high bar. You know, okay. like Jokic is a superstar, right? right. Like it's, it's, it's a high level bar kind of deal. I think he has a chance to be a star for sure. You know, and, and, and there's, there's the possibility he reaches superstar status, but that takes a little more time and, and growth. But right now let's just work on getting him to being a star. Right. And then, and then we could talk about maybe he'll get to being a superstar. Let me try to get like a bearing on what a superstar is in your book. Like is Jason Tatum currently a superstar? No, he's right now. He's just a star, okay. you know, like, look, here's, here's just a clear definition with a superstar. You're going like, he's on my team. We're going to the playoffs. Okay. It's, it's gotcha. that simple. You know, like we should go to the playoffs. If he's going to play 90% of the games, we should be fine. Um, What's it, interesting about that take to me is cause I get it. And I, th- I kind of agree. But there are certain outliers like Kyrie Irving. If you dropped him on, I don't know, like the Magic or something. I guess it's the Eastern Conference, so they would make it. Maybe they're, but but, but he's that's a player that's he's weird. Apart from like the super super stars, like a LeBron or something yeah. like that. That's the case for a lot of guys. It is situational a little bit, but yeah. you go like this is the guy I trust yeah. that's going to take us. He should be in the playoffs almost every year. Now, granted, sometimes, yes, yeah, some of these teams are just really terrible. And you're like, but they have an amazing star. You know, th- there are going to be small caveats to it, but just the, the gist of it in the simplest way is, you know, the superstar is the guy who I look at and I go like, cool, he's on he's on a team. We're going to the, the at least going to make it to the playoffs. Right. If you put Michael Porter Jr. on Orlando right now, even in these, I'm not right. sure they make the playoffs. And that's right, not a right. shot at him but that's just you know the the where he where we're at right now with him let's start with his top level skill which to me is shooting I mean shooting at his height I actually think that he as early as this season will be a top 10 shooter in the NBA I just think his jump shot is that pure what do you see from him as as just a pure shooter yeah no I I wouldn't be shocked by it you know Got great motion with it, sort of very fluid. And just all of his movements are really kind of fluid. It's not like a mechanical sort of right. herky-jerky kind of deal. It just flows right into it. And you, I love that about players and things like that. Like, I'm a fan of his, you know, on the on the court and what he can bring. I think, you know, the, the shooting aspect is just really sharp. You know, bringing him off of pin downs and opportunities like that, I think will open up a lot more chances for him this uh regular season so you know that's a high bar you're putting up there top yeah. 10 shooter but you know he he has the skills and the mechanics to do it so it's not it wouldn't totally shock me if he if he gets that there's like end of bench guys that okay empty gym maybe they're they're this or that but i just look at his ability to get a shot off i mean 6 10 6 11 like that automatically just makes it so that he can get into his motion and I don't know, man. His shot's just so pure. It's a, hit the percent. I think he's at like 43 or 44% career three-point shooting right now. It's something, it's something wild. Uh, I just buy that. But with the Nuggets this year, they have an identity. It's the Murray-Jokic pick and roll. That's been forged over the course of four years. Now they don't have that. Do you think 
it's why it would be wise for Denver to dramatically change up who they are coming into this season, knowing they won't have Jamal till February, March. I, I, I think so. And I think the reason why is more importantly, because then when you get Murray, now you have two different ways to play. Ooh, okay. You know, and, and my big thing is, and this is the problem you can probably critique my critiques, but the, uh, my big thing with teams is if you play only one style, right. I don't trust you in the playoffs yeah. because then you can be scouted and, and, it's easier to game plan for, you know, now, listen, if you're the best ever team and you, right. you can continue to play the one style and things like that, but it's just, it makes it harder when you have abilities to say, all right, the Murray Jokic pick and roll isn't working today. They're doing a good job defending it. Cool. Let's go another route. You can pull out some wins and things like that. I think the one style has derailed teams from time to time and, and mainly in the playoffs, not in the right. regular season. And I think so adding another element of, hey, we can play a different way and we can give teams different looks and make it harder for them to have to defend us. I think that goes a long way. I think when Murray comes back and if he's ready to go and fully healthy and that's going to take time when he comes back, it's not like he's just going to you're going to drop him right in and, you know, everything will just run smoothly. You got to give him a chance to get back into the flow. You know, it, it allows you to at least be able to do that and at the same time have another sort of offense to go to to be able to continue to get wins and, and rack that stuff up. What is a second style? I mean, Denver does play a lot of different styles, but it's all through Jokic, and it was largely through Jokic, Murray, pick and rolls. But what would be a style or, or what would you do offensively that better lends itself to Michael Porter and maybe Aaron Gordon? We're going to talk about him in a second, but it's not I don't think that's a pick and roll. He's not a pick and roll guy. No, but I think, you know, you probably – it's a little bit similar, though, but, like, you're going to run dribble handoffs and things yeah. like that, but I think you're going to run them off screens, run them off right. pin downs, and then get into an isolation. Right. You know, we, when you look at just his size, 6'10", you know, he, he, he can get his shot off almost off of anybody. You know, on top of that, he's got the shake. He can attack the rim. He's got the athleticism to get to the – the, the paint and explode up and finish. So, you know, it's, it, maybe it is some isolation stuff for him, you know, but run him off pin downs, run him off, you know, uh, uh, staggers, you know, run him along the baseline and then give him opportunities to go isolation in that instance helps out a ton, you know, and then while you're doing that on the weak side, you can have other actions. You can have other guys, you know, having pin down actions, you know, on the weak side to occupy the help to make it easier for Porter going on the uh, isolation on one side. So I think there's the, that's probably what I would think of as, as an offense, if I was trying to gear it towards uh, Porter, but you know, you, you never know how uh, Michael Malone's going to figure that one out. But I think you bring up an interesting point because I think Denver should have been running more of this, even over the last two, three years, not just as a Michael Porter thing, but when you run guys off of double stagger, like double pin downs, the nice thing is you can have a guy slip to the basket. You could have a guy shortcut the screen. I mean, there's just so many little like, you know, options out of a single pin down and Jokic standing at the top of the key or the free throw line or the elbow. He's basically a quarterback looking at three receivers. You know, two of them are setting screens, but they're really receivers in hiding. And to me, that's like the best offense. Jokic just, he never misses a guy when they shortcut or slip a screen and they get open. And I just wonder why Denver hasn't done that more. Michael Porter does represent the perfect guy for that because when he's coming off of a pin down, the entire defensive attention has to be on him. Like it's like step one, make sure he doesn't come off of this cleanly. And when you do that, it allows for those slips. 
Yeah, and I think this is where Aaron Gordon really comes into play. I think mm. that's what, something he's got to embrace even more. And he was doing a good job of it early when he first came to the Nuggets, you know, as that slip guy, as that cutter, as that, you know, looking for those opportunities to make that happen, I think opens things up. So if he's setting the screen, as you're saying, for Porter to come off, you know, if the defense jumps, he can just slip right, right. through. And then there are times where Porter can go back door off of it. And then right. Gordon can come off for a, a dribble handoff, you know, and, and, and play out of that. You know, there's so many things you can do. You know, we always talk about a two-man game, but sometimes a three-man game takes it to another level. And yeah. just having a guy like Gordon, I think that's really where he can be used best for the Nuggets, you know, is a guy that, hey, I'm going to flash, I'm going to cut, I'm going to create opportunities. And sometimes it's just by cutting, you open up opportunities for other guys. I, I call that a cut assist. Right. You know, yep. you you cut, you you draw in people and that leaves somebody wide open for a three. And as you said, if it's Jokic, Jokic is going to find the open guy, you know. So um, that's something I think that's an important aspect that we're looking for, you know, when you're piecing together the offense, especially when they're not going to have Jamal Murray for most of the year. Porter's really good at this, by the way, that cut assist. And weirdly so, because if you're a player like Michael Porter and you really want to take a lot of shots, a lot of times you'll take the option that has you receiving the handoff, right? To backdoor cut it, to stop short and backdoor cut it, that's usually one that you might get the layup. But if not, you just clear out. Like you cut right. through and clear. And he seems to go to that one a lot. I don't think it's necessarily by design. And actually that leads me to the question of, you know, you did the video thing for a couple teams. How much of a playbook is, hey, we're going to this option on this play? And how much of it is generally guys, hey, read the court when you're out there and, and audible the cut you want to make based on how the defense goes? Yeah, no, every every play kind of has that sort of like these are the reads you need to make. Now, there are some plays that, look, you got to run through this. You got to make right. this cut. And sometimes it's important to, hey, you definitely have to come off because what we're not trying to get necessarily this. You know, we're trying not necessarily get you on the pin down, but right. we're trying to open other stuff up. And it only works if you come off the pin down. So there are times where you're like, don't care how the defense is playing it. You got to make that one because we're actually not trying to go to you on this one. Right, right, um, right, right. But right. there are, but you you have to open up as a coach the opportunity of like, hey, if a team is gonna, you know, try to jump the route, you got to give the the offensive player a chance to to react. And I think it's you put in the play and then you show them the reads out of it. Okay, right. And 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 my thing too is like, if you want to improvise plays, you got to master the playbook. Right. You know, and you right. got to know everything in the playbook first before you can start improvising. And I think that goes a long way. So there's an element, though, of you just got to be able to make the reads, you know. And again, it, it, this all comes back to Jokic I, in the sense of just his passing ability, because he'll find you. He's able to improvise. He's probably right. a great improv guy on a on a Tuesday night in a comedy show um, <laughs> because he's just able to make the, the, the right passes, you know, right. and he reads and he sees the defense making those plays it's not just the, the cutter making the read but it's the guy with the ball seeing it and seeing that oh the defense is doing it that way that's where that pass should go at, and so at the, the nba level though what's the gap between guys that are good at that and guys that are bad at that i mean obviously like your veteran guys usually they've been around they know how to read on the fly but this is one thing about michael porter you mentioned the playbook that was a struggle of his his first year and i think even in his second year he didn't know all the plays and he couldn't recognize them yeah no it's it's definitely uh as you get 
older and in the league and, and stuff, you begin to see more and more things, you know, it's, it's, especially when you're coming from college or the G league and then right into the league, you know, you're, you're seeing defenses that you probably haven't seen that often, you know, And, and, and also more athleticism on the court than you're used to. So it's, it's, it's reading all of those things. So it's never a shock to me when a rookie, a second year, even a third year guy doesn't make the right reads. You know, it just right. takes time to develop that. You got to see it. And that's if you're getting enough reps, you know, on the court and so on. So, you know, I think the veteran guys for the most part are pretty sharp with it. We know the guys who can't really right. as older guys just don't make reads. They never have. It's just, they got to run the play and that's that. But the, 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 what separates you is being able to make those reads, you know, what puts you in the star and superstar categories is being able to make those reads. You, you, you got to have that. And I think that's going to be an important thing we're going to have to see with uh, Porter going forward is seeing that stuff and recognizing, okay, boom, that's the read. I got to go. And, and it's not just on offense, also on defense, you yeah, know, and, yeah, and, and for sure, you got to see the stuff on defense. You know, that's what makes Draymond Green so, such an amazing right. defender isn't necessarily just his ability to make stops and stuff. It's his ability to recognize the play and come up with a diagnosis immediately. Um, And, and I think that's kind of the important thing on both ends of the court for everybody, but it's hard to expect young guys to really have that right away. I'm hopeful. This is the year for MPJ on the offensive. I mean, defensively, look, there's players that never get the defense. Like they never even get to that baseline. Like you're just not seeing the court on that end of the court. It's more reactionary, but offensively, I do. I, I'm really hopeful this is the year for Michael Porter because I actually think it's one of the main things that has not held him back. He's had a pretty good first two years, but one of the things that has really just challenged him is he's been so slow to recognize his spots. And sometimes I even highlight this on some of our tapes. I say, this was an opportunity for him to get a great bucket. He just made the wrong read and cut into and then it didn't work out. So I'm, I'm hopeful for that. I'm going to take a break and tell you about Solace Meds. You guys know them. The dispensary with four locations in Colorado, one in Colfax, Wheat Ridge, uh, one off of Broadway, and then one just down the road on East Colfax, right by the DNVR bar. And they're the company. They've always got crazy deals going on every single month. Here's what they've got in store for September. Canna America gummies, 25% off. Strains tinctures, 20% off. Rockin' cartridges, 25% off. Glacier concentrates, 20% off. They've got a great Labor Day sale going on on the 6th. Buy three, get the fourth for 10 cents. Sounds like anything. Uh, Patriot Day, 9-11, buy three, get the fourth for 10 cents. And if you head to any location, you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you mention the DNVR20 promo code. That's any location of Solace Meds. Just head, head in there, use the promo code DNVR20, and you'll get a free Solace Bar or King Cone. Incredible deal. Check them out, Solace Meds. Also want to tell you guys about Green Mountain Dental Group. You guys know them, the family-owned dentist that is the official dentist of DNVR. They've been a longtime supporter of ours. We know a lot of our uh, listeners and supporters have gone down and checked out Green Mountain Dental Group and made them their home. Right now, you guys know their promo code. You go in, you get a cleaning and x-ray and exam, and you get a free Sonicare toothbrush. That's it. You just go in, get a uh, cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you get a free Sonicare toothbrush. So check them out and let them know that we sent you. If we move to Aaron Gordon here, he's such an interesting player because I think my take on him, I think he's really, really good, just not really good at the stuff that typically good players are good at. Like he's almost a high level role player to me in, in, in my book. What's your scouting report on him? Yeah, I think, you know, 
in Orlando, he was miscast. Sure. You know, as the number one guy or a number two guy. To me, he's perfect as your third or fourth guy. I think a high-level role player is probably the the best way to put it, Adam. You know, it's just – and, again, these aren't knocks on, on these right. guys, right? Like, we're not trying to knock these guys. It's just – this is what their skill set is. You know, he's not really consistent of a enough three-point shooter, you know, for you to feel confident in that great defender, you know, not great, good defender. I should be careful with throwing the word great. Why, why do you say that? Why do you, why, why'd you caveat that? Cause that's one of the things I don't know about him, but I, but there's signs to me. No, I mean, he's got it, but it's just, we got to see the, the, oh. uh, the 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 resume we got to see the tape gotcha. course, you know he's got the ability you know i think he can do a great job with those guys but it's it, it, when you're on orlando and, and, <laughs> and how much are you getting even the other team's best games because they don't they expect that hey, we should be able to beat you pretty easily versus when you're on denver and you got to guard lebron paul george right. uh and, and and step up on those guys i think is going to make a is we'll be able to make the distinction. Okay. He's good or great. I think we'll, we'll get that understanding, but he has the tools and the the understanding for the most part um, on that end. Offensively. Again, it's, it's shootings kind of holding him back a little bit. I'm going to pull up his numbers here real quick. Cause I had it up a second ago in Denver. They were really bad. I think he shot 30% for the nuggets, but I mean, it's not, I think it's 35 less than that. 26.6% from Ooh. three you know, on two, 2.6 attempts a game, like that's rough. Right. You know, so, you know, you're, you're kind of in that situation where that's where I think he can be a great cutter, you know, and and, and be a screener and cutter guy, you know, and may open up those opportunities for everybody else and, and knock down, you know, the, the jumpers when they're there, but you don't feel like you have to take them. And I think that's kind of the difference is, you know, in, in Orlando, there was a lot more pressure too of like, you got to be the man, you know, For sure. In Denver, there's not. So I think this is this is a perfect situation for and I loved it, the trade when they made it, when it, everything was rolling with Jamal healthy and everything. Yeah. As this team looks really good and a competitor, uh, a, a, an actual contender, not, you know, the contender. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. you know, like I was like, they have a legitimate shot. So I think this is just along those lines where, you know, he's a he's he was a perfect missing piece. And when I look at him, I, I just. Don't think he's going to be a superstar. I don't think he's going to be even a star. I think just a high-level role player, possibly a third option for this year's team, I think is should be the goal. My favorite line, I think Ethan Strauss reported this a few years back, that there was an argument between Russell Westbrook and Draymond Green where Westbrook kept saying, you're not a star, you're not a star. And Draymond said, yeah, I'm a role player. I'm a great role player. You're a terrible superstar. And I just remember thinking, like, you're right, because you, you caveated the saying, I'm not talking bad about him to say he's a high-level role player. Like high-level role players can be extremely valuable, uh, much so, more so than bad superstars or bad stars. So I, I really – I liken Aaron Gordon. I'm curious what you think of this take. I, I liken him to Andre Iguodala. This is – Andre Iguodala is the A version of this and that he was in Philadelphia. He's a really good player. He also was miscast, in my opinion, as a number one. You go to Denver and then you go to Golden State especially and you become a – high level role player best in the league at it yeah no there's it's 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 along those lines i think that's a great analogy there i think you know it's 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 the same thing as listen i'm in la so hollywood right like yo you're either a leading man or you need to be in the supporting cast right right? not everybody can be a leading man but it doesn't mean you're a bad actor just hey you kill it as a supporting role you know and i think there's some of that 
in in this thing is what we're seeing with guys in the NBA with players and what who's our leading man and who's our who's who is really should be just kind of a supporting cast and and so on. I think those are the important things, and I just think Aaron can really fill that role as as a high level role player. And high level role players win you championships. For sure, just talked about Iguodala. You know, look at this look at this past year with the Bucks. You know. Bobby Portis was a high level role player for them. <laughs> he was, you know, was. Uh, and, and nobody predicted that. I didn't have that when they brought him in. I was like, ah, whatever. You know, like it's along those lines. Like high level role players help you win championships, not just games, championships. And I think that's an important piece, kind of looking at it going forward. And I think that's something where people should be excited about Aaron Gordon with this team because I think he can do some real interesting things. I think disappeared a little bit in the playoffs if we're going to be honest but like i think there's an element of like he's going to be better and more time with the team more comfortable with the playbook i mean last year was a weird year too right like to get traded very few practices then to have the wrench thrown into everything with jamal murray getting hurt you know understandable for him to not have the full understanding of the playbook training camp and 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 hopefully uh knock on wood a normal year yeah. uh, we can all hope for um he, he should have that and i think you'll see him even better than he was last season with the nuggets i'm so curious how they integrate him on the offensive end I, he was by all accounts by all interviews very content not being featured in the offense you know just kind of fitting in when Murray goes down, that's easy to say when you have Jamal Murray and Michael Porter. Once Murray goes down, I wonder if it's more of a, hey, I can I can run some pick and roll here too. I, I can handle the ball. I could bring it up the court. And honestly, he can. So I'm curious how Denver will sort of use him in that. I want to um, move on, though, to Bones Highland. He's the he's the star of, of this episode of the Bones. show. Bones. Good nickname. Such a great nickname. Um, so he was another one. I mean, he's a bucket. The thing um, – I, I guess I'll just throw it to you. I don't want to lead you anywhere on this one. You're watching him at summer league. Did you watch him live or did you go back and watch the tape of the games he played? I went and watched him, uh, the, the tape of the game. I mean, you've okay. been to summer league. Sometimes you're not in the best form at the games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so true. Right. When I went out there, my boss is like, you're going to get some good content out of this. Right? I'm like, I don't know. I'll be honest. With you. I don't know. <laughs> I talk to a lot of people, but I don't know about the content. We'll find out. Um, but how'd you come by him? Like, what, so you're watching the t- the tape. Were you watching to check out Bones, and then what kind of jumped out at you right away? Yeah, so I was watching to watch him. So the the whole time I was locked in on what he was doing. And listen, he's an absolute bucket. We know all of that stuff. So I was kind of expecting that. The stuff that really surprised me were the other things, you know. And this was the things that really kind of surprised me in general that I was not expecting at all. I was like, oh wow. First off pretty good passer yeah you know we 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 don't necessarily associate that with just a bucket getter right Right. bucket getter literally is just i'm gonna score 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 he was showing really high level playmaking ability you know coming off screens and seeing the roller and making that pass making the pass to the uh open shooters you know driving in help comes over kicks it out to the corner you know like just plays that i wasn't expecting to see from somebody that's hey He's just a bucket getter. I was right. I was pretty impressed in that aspect of it. I'm pulling up his numbers. Averaged almost five assists. You know, four point right. eight is yep. pre- pretty impressive when you're looking at that. Um, big problem with that though is three point three turnovers. Got to sure. bring that down a little bit. 
but summer league too, a little bit chaotic um, in everything that's going on. So that was the first area where I was like, okay, surprise, definite bucket getter. I don't even want to go into the scoring. I'm sure it's been covered many times. Um, The other thing that surprised me the most though, was he had shown like decent defensive IQ, you know, like he was making rotations. He was, Pulling in off the weak side. There's one clip where I have him pulling in on the weak side off of a pick and roll. And when the pass gets kicked out to his man in the corner, he comes out to the corner, gets the block. I think it was against yeah. the yeah, gets the, the block, gets the play, and then runs, brings the ball down in transition, lets the first cutter come through in transition, and then finds Bull Bull, who's running the lane for a layup or a dunk. Right. Like that was just one segment, but I was just like, wow, like that, that's pretty impressive and i was just more impressed with the the awareness of coming in and helping off the weak side and being in those positions you can tell he was coached defensively right and where to go and rotations and things like that like i was looking at that stuff going like that's pretty impressive now you can build on that like that's a base yeah. ain't like he gonna make first time first team right. all defense or anything like this or he's gonna right, right. i don't look at him as a lockdown perimeter defender Right. But just knowing where to be on help, like you've seen it as much as I have. Young guys don't know that. Right. Young guys screw that up more often than not. And to see that, I was pretty impressed with that aspect of it. And then just his ability to get into the paint, score, you know, shot it well, 40% from three, eight attempts. I mean, that's pretty impressive right. along right. those lines. So, you know, you're just looking at it going like, hey, man, like this is a guy that can come in off the bench and provide some real scoring for them you know, for, for the nuggets, when I was watching him, but I'm like, this guy's going to play really well for the team, you know? And I think Michael Malone's going to have some fun coaching him. Yeah. I think Malone will definitely like, I mean, Malone's an East coast guy. He's very much, I think bones very much an East coast guy, East coast style basketball player. So I I think there's always a natural Michael Malone gravitates to those types of guys, guys that are going to challenge you to a shooting contest right after practice and, and let you know about if they win. You talked about his defense. I want to go back there real quick. He's six foot two, six foot three, um, but he's got a six nine wingspan. Just let's forget about how he applies those talents. Just those measurements. Is that par, below par, or above par for a modern day point guard? No, I think that's probably about a little bit above par, just because the wingspan. Okay, okay. The wingspan yeah. is still pretty. It's 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 pretty long. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the height wise, eh, it's about par, you know, um, for what we're, we're seeing nowadays. Um, you know, yes, we hope he, we would wish he was six, four, right. Yeah, like, six, I five, yeah, yeah. but I also wish I was six, six and that <laughs> okay. didn't work out. So, um, y- you know, I think there's along those lines of, of what you're looking at, but the wingspan is going to help him a ton, you know, and, and, and sometimes I think the wingspan might even be more important than the height at the guard position just because you, it allows you to kind of get some deflections and some right. stuff and, and make it more difficult on the passes and things like that. So I think that's the way I would sort of answer that question. The block you were talking about in the corner, I felt like was as much as it was a good reaction and anticipation and everything, it was also a wingspan block where the guy yeah. shot it thinking I've got runway here and he closed the gap there. Um, yeah, it's impressive. Was- you know, like that's, yeah. that, that's, that's using your tools, you know, that was perfect. Bull Bull, by the way, gets a lot of these. I mean, I don't think he's a player. I don't think he's going to make it with Denver, but he gets a lot of those blocks on the perimeter where guys are like, oh, he's 10 feet away from me. I can get this one off. And he's just, he's so long. It's, uh, it's playing against wingspan sometimes is, is the harder thing. You know, yeah. when you, you, you look at it with guys, 
in general. Like um, guards have this intuition of like, okay, he's standing here. I can get this shot off. Yeah. Not realizing sometimes like, oh, this dude has a longer wingspan. And that's where his his height yeah. will probably help him because yeah. people will think, oh, he's, he's kind of short. Like he's I'm fine. I can get this shot off. And then his wingspan will be like, oh, wow, he's a lot longer yeah. <laughs> than I thought. You know, the, the opposite of this is neck. Like there's guys I think Harry yes. Giles is the ultimate of this. Harry Giles, he's only like six foot nine, but he's got the longest neck. And I think he's actually like a six, four guy was miscast as a center <laughs> like wow look how mobile man this guy is really six four with a long neck um so it, the wingspan definitely definitely adds up to it you're talking about the passing and really all of the things you're talking about what we know about bones he comes from delaware he's a street ball there's videos of him playing one-on-one like okay look they grew up on the playgrounds this or that but the the feel just the feel for the five-man game not the feel for how do i get my shot off or crap that's a different type of crafty but even some of the pick and rolls you were talking about, it's funny. We highlighted the exact same. I did a piece on him. You did the thing. It's like the exact same videos. And some of the stuff, there's one pick and roll we both had where he has, he keeps this guy in jail, hesitates a second, takes a step, goes up and then goes low. So he gets both defenders to put their hands up high before getting that pocket pass. And it's just one of those things where every little micro movement he did was to set the defense up to get the pass open. And, that's the type of stuff that, okay, can he score? Yes. He's got good handle footwork, but he's also got the little, he's got a, some of the little subtle things to manipulate the defense. And to me, that was the biggest thing that shocked me about him is I did not know he had that type of moving players around type talent. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of something we don't expect to see even from young guys. And, and we might not see a lot of this in the regular season. Yeah. You know, it's going to be depending on what his role is going to be with the team and with the offense and everything that goes with it. But, you know, just having that knowledge of like, that's there is now we got to cultivate it. We got to really kind of, he's got the seeds of it. Now we got to water it. We got to let the plant grow here a little bit and, and, and start to really develop that even more. Cause one pass he doesn't have that. I really wish he did. And you can correct me. Maybe I've missed it in some of the games is the weak side corner pass. Skip, right? like skipped it's, all the way. Yeah. yeah. You know, like coming off the pick and roll and hitting the weak side corner for that three. I saw him attempt it once against the Celtics and it got picked off. Right. Because he yeah. really didn't check. It's 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 uh, along the lines of a quarterback. Like right. he didn't actually check where the defense was and didn't engage the weak side corner defender enough. And that pass got picked off. So, you know, th- those are the things he'll probably need to add, but that can come in time. But just again, when you're expecting very little, and that's what it was, right. it was a blank canvas for me. All I knew was, yo, the dude can get buckets. Yeah. What was, you know, like, and, and you see these things and you're like, wow, like that's the impressive part of it. It's like, that's there. Now you got to grow it. Now you got to build on it. You got to develop that. And I think that's going to be incumbent of the staff, you know, the development staff and the Nuggets, as well as him yeah. to work on that and figure out the nuances there. But what you described in that pick and roll, you can add more to that. Like that's what makes Chris Paul such a great pick and roll player. Right. You know, is the ability to manipulate defenders. And I think that's the thing. If he can start to work on that and add that in a couple of years and we're like, wow, he's a hell of a pick and roll guy. It's going to be dangerous for teams. I think it was Edwards that, that took that pass and it, it, it to call it a steal would almost be wrong. Cause it was one of those plays where he just threw it right to him. And you're thinking yeah. like, okay, you didn't, he didn't see what's happening. And that, that is the story for him. I thought his basketball IQ looked really good. His feel for the game looked really, really good about 90% of the time. 
the 10% where it didn't were plays like that, where you're like, how'd you throw that? And some, you see this in the NFL, actually, quarterbacks. So you're like, man, he's so good. And then he throws the worst interception you've ever seen in your life. And you're like, how did the smart player fall for that one? That's, that's kind of how I would grade him. Football is right around the corner. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 uh, or more on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. For opening night, all customers can double their money as long as Tampa Bay doesn't lose by 74 points. That's one of the free money deals they have going on right now. So it's a no-brainer. Head on, uh, Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use promo code DMVR to receive $200 in free bets when you place $1 on any football game. 20, must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Next up is Hassle Cattle Company. Guys, you know that I've said for a long time that the DNVR bar has the Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu beef burgers, which are, in my opinion, among the best burgers in town. Well, we have a brand new one. Now they have the Colorado burger. That's cream cheese with green chilies in it on top of a Hassle Cattle Company uh, hamburger. And I'm telling you guys, 10 times better than the one before. And the one before was perfect. You got to check it out. Go down to the DMVR bar and check out Hassle Cattle Company. And then once you do, I know what you're going to do. You're going to place your own order with them. Hassle Cattle Company is that family-owned farm down in Texas that ships all over the USA. And they've got great deals where you go online, you put together basically a cooler you order what kind of steaks you want and they send them directly to your door so check them out h-a-s-s-e-l-l cattlecompany.com use promo code dnvr10 to get 10 percent off at your order last up strava craft coffee you guys know about them another longtime partner of ours the cbd infused coffee that is made right here in colorado locally owned you can also now go online and order the subscription service. So you can order every two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, however much coffee you drink, you just get on a schedule and they'll deliver it right to your door. And then it obviously keeps coming to you at that steady mark. So it's pretty cool. You never have to shop for coffee again. You never have to worry if you're going to run out and you save 25% off when you do it that way. Use promo code DNVR25 at checkout and you're going to get 25% off that subscription. Strava Craft Coffee. Let's talk about his shooting because you talked about you didn't his bucket is given. I'm so curious about the next wave of players and their willingness to take really deep threes. Bones to me of this class of player, the guys that came into this class, I don't he might have the most deep threes of anybody that from college that last year, but he certainly seems the most willing to take them for better or worse. Uh, what do you make of that specific skill set for a 19 year old? Is it important for a guy to have the mind frame of this 27 footer is okay for me to take only if you're going to make them. Okay. Right. Like it's not like, cause you're going to get on the bench pretty quick. If you're, that's true. I can take all the 27 footers I want. Yeah. Right. Cause they yeah. ain't going in, right. Um, right. <laughs> you know, at a clip that matters. Like if he, if he can prove that he can make them at a clip where it's like, yo, I'm going to make it so that defenses have to guard me out there in the way that, Damian Lillard does and the way that Steph Curry does and the way that Trey Young does that opens up space on the floor and that becomes a weapon. But if it's like, I'm going to pull some of these, it's like, yo, like that's not your shot, you know? And that's something that you would, you'd have to work 
with him going like, you can't take that shot. It's trying to throw a fastball when you throw it at 80 miles an hour in a major league game. That ain't a fastball, man. Like it's that simple. It's, 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 uh, teams are giving you that shot because they think you're not going to make that. And you can't, you can't get caught in that there sort of situations. And and I'm going to take these shots to prove it to you. Um, So like, I don't think it's important for 19 year olds to have that coming in. Um, Got to show that you can knock down the, the, the threes on a regular basis, normal threes before you really start to show that other stuff. Um, You know, like just a funny story for you, Adam, when I was with team Australia, this was a long time ago. Um, Aaron Baines This is before even Aaron Baines made it to the league. You know, he's with the team scrimmaging. He shoots a uh, elbow jumper and Brett Brown's coach of the team and stops practice, stops the scrimmage like, yo, I don't want you taking that shot. And he's looking at him going like, no, I can make that. He's like, and Brett looks at him and it's almost like the Patrick Ewing being like, you work on that shot. Okay. Prove to me you can make seven out of 10. And, you know, Baines made eight out of 10. Hey, there you go. Hell yeah. Brett Brown looked at him and said, okay, you can take that shot. Like that's along (laughs) those lines. Like, you know, like if, if Bones is going to pull up 27, 28 feet, he's got to make them at a clip that Mike Malone, Michael Malone's going to be okay with that. Right. You know, cause if, cause if, if, if you're doing that and shooting 23% on those, that's, that's as good as a turnover, right. You yeah, know, for, for, sure. for, for, for you offensively. And that's not going to fly with any coach, not just Michael Malone. So it's like, you got to be aware of the sense of like, I'm taking this shot because I can make these shots yeah. and they know I can make these shots. It's a, a weapon. But if you're taking these shots just to take them, you, you're going to have problems. With uh, I know this is always tough to do because you've watched him in three summer league games. Um, but how would you project him as a prospect? Like, what, what do you think is the most likely outcome for him? I, I think he's going to be a scorer off the bench. It's, I don't think that's going to be his role this year. Right, with, right. With right. Jamal Murray and everything, I think there's going to be a little bit different shuffling of things there. And we saw how badly the, the Nuggets needed guards in the uh, series against the, the, the Suns, yeah. um, you know, but I think his, his normal career trajectory, I think, is he's going to be a great guy off the bench, uh, 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 scorer off the bench, guy that can run your offense. I don't even want to say a backup point guard because he's almost even at a, a higher level than that. Like, but I think I could see him winning six man of the year in, in four or five years. Like, you okay. know, like coming in, scoring, dropping assists when teams are are, are, are kind of crashing in on him. I could see him end up being in closing rotations on on uh, closing out games. You know, when you when you're fully healthy, like just look, just think about just already the lineup in my head is assuming everybody's healthy. It's Murray Bones. Porter, Jokic, and Gordon. I mean, like oh, that's man. that's a pretty strong closing lineup, and that's a couple of years down the road. But like, that's where I think he would end up being. That would be my projection for him. Not that he can't be a starter. I just think he gives you when you're fully healthy a big boost off the the, the bench. Yeah, I think that's that sounds about right to me as well. That's that's the optimistic look at him is that he's a bench guy, and I've heard him compared to Lou Williams a lot. I mean, Lou Williams is one of the better six man bucket getters. Just coming to get it. I don't for him to reach that height would be pretty impressive, but I wonder if he could be more of a combo guard where Lou Williams a little bit more of a scoring guard than, than, than that. So maybe you can take from one, uh, lose a little bit on the other. Let me move on though to the last topic I have for you. is just about the NBA this year. 
and the trends, because the NBA, in my opinion, over the last 11 years or so has been evolving so quickly and just seeing around the curve is such a big thing. What trends do you see in the NBA this last season or last two seasons where you feel this is the direction the league is going and this is the skill set teams need to be able to to find collectively? Yeah, I think, you know, I touched on the first one. I think you need to be versatile. I think you need to have you you need to be able to play more than one way. You need to be able to defend more than one way. I think defensively even more so than offensively. If you if there's a thing you can't do, and this is Jokic's problem, I think Jokic is a very good defender. I think he's way better than he gets credit for. Really, really bad in open court. Really, really bad in isolation. And if teams have a guy that can exploit that, Chris Paul goes for twelve points at fourth quarter every game, and and you're cooked. Yeah, and and, but I I think yeah, versatility I think is the most important thing. We went into this whole, the league has gone and they still do. Everybody switches. Yeah. Like, I think that's kind of a mistake, right? You got to have the right personnel to switch. If you're the Golden State Warriors, when you had the Death Star lineup, yeah, right. hell yeah, you switch everything because you're switching from Clay Thompson to Iguodala to Draymond Green. Yeah. Good luck. You that's know, everywhere. Yeah. You know, and now we see everybody switching and it's like you're giving up switches so easily. And, and this right. is every team. I don't, I, it, this isn't, one team and let me next ask you team- about it is it because it's too hard to tell guys to think like what i mean is you say switch everything there's no mistakes but if you say hey under this circumstance you switch under this you don't guys get confused is that why teams switch so easily i think it's a a, a little bit of just hey we just don't want to give in um we just want to make sure we don't give up anything you know right. and, and and switching just at least allows you to keep a defender in front for a moment you know, for, for, for at least as long as you can, you know, when you're doing something where, all right, you got to stay and then go recover. There's that little, there's a window where, Hey, that dude's going to be open for a second, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. But I think teams are I, 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 willfully compliant with right. allowing a team to get the, uh, the matchup they want. And it's something where I'm always just like, I, you don't want that. They are setting this screen to get, uh, uh, an example from the finals is is uh, Forbes on your on your on right, their best right. player. Yeah, well, that's a good one. With with Jokic, we're, right. they're setting this screen to isolate Jokic. Right, and we're just gonna say, okay, good luck, yeah, Jokic. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not it's not it's not conducive to me in in that sense. But I think, um, but versatility on both ends of the court is, I think, the most important thing teams need to have you know uh, we tend to i think we've gone too far into overvaluing three-point shooting um and and not to say it's not important before anybody comes at me but i just think we we've we've gotten to the point though where it's like yeah but also a a layup is pretty great you know and that's still actually the most valued shot even more than a three-pointer you know um i think we've teams have begun to start to take away the three-pointer and we're we've not really adjusted the offenses haven't fully adjusted in that sense it's 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 not okay let's get a good look inside the three no no we're just going to shoot threes further out right, right. The, the bones discussion um but i think you know that's where kind of the mid-range i think is going to slowly come back right, you know right. and we see its importance in the playoffs more than the regular season but i think we're going to see those things um kind of start to come back in the regular season along those lines because it's just the way teams are playing defensively. You know, if teams are have everybody's in drop coverage now, well, that's the open shot as a coach. I want to get the best shot. 
And if that's going to give me my, if I'm going to get my best player shooting an elbow jumper, I'm good with that. Right. You know, if that's, if that's a shot he can make, I'm good with that. You know, it's, it's along those lines. I think the, the trends in the NBA, I just think all of those things, versatility, just, I keep going to it, but that's like the magic word to me. When you look at when the Lakers won the championship, they could play many different ways, big lineup, small lineup, you know, they, offensively, you know, was, it was all built through LeBron, but they could also run stuff through AD if they needed to. Um, they had a big transition game, not a big three point shooting team. The bucks shoot a ton of threes. Don't make as much as people think, you know? Um, but they, but their, their attack is, Hey, we're going to attack you in the paint for the most part. But a I lot think, of pressure on the rim. Yeah. And, and, and that will open up the three point shots for some of our better shooters, but you know, I think that's kind of their their deal, and I think that's something they're able to kind of change it up a little bit because then they started going to Chris Middleton more, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and took the ball out of Giannis's hands at the end of games, and I think that made a big difference for them. But being able to switch that and from time to time go to the Middleton pick and rolls makes a difference, and I think every team needs to kind of find that second or third even option offensively of how to, how to run stuff. So I think – that that makes an important uh, real deal for you for you going forward into trying to win a championship. What about these new rules? I mean, I, I'm a big complainer about the way players draw fouls, especially guards draw fouls. Not even just the jumping sideways or jumping forward, which drives me absolutely nuts, but also the running around a screen, stop on a dime, stick your ass out, and fall down. And it sounds like the NBA is going to try to clean that up. I don't know if they will, but let's say they do. Let's say they really do make it a big point of emphasis that sticks all year. Is that a drastic change to the NBA this upcoming season, or is it one of those ones we barely notice? No, it's going to be a drastic change, and I think it would be a I change that, that guys like James Harden, Trey Young, uh, Chris Paul, uh, um, just, just so many guys we could Damian name. Lillard, another Dam- one. Yeah. Damian Lillard, who are just so used to drawing certain fouls knowing that, hey, the refs are going to call these. It's going to be a big change and adjustment for them, you know. Um, and I'm all for it. I want these rules changed. Yeah. They got to change. You, you got to give the defense a chance to actually defend. Seven teams set a record for best offense of all time this year. Like, okay, we've gotten, we figured this out. I mean, I mean, but it's not even that. It's just the fact of just look at the way these guys, you have no chance to defend if, right. you know, I can jump into you. And then get the and, and get the foul call, but you can't jump into me. Right. And they shouldn't be allowed to jump into you, but you can't jump in. like it's right. just this, this. And we, we when we coached, it was yo initiate contact, initiate contact, you know, because and you want that, but we've gone too far where guys aren't even taking their shots. Right, they're literally right. just That's taking shots to draw a foul, yep. and it's you know, um, there was an example. It, it's it's your guys, uh, uh, Millsap. I forget who it was took a three and then jumped to the right and drew a foul <laughs> because he jumped into the guy. And I said, yo, the defender can't do anything. Yeah, he's, he's just coming. there. He, he was closing out and closed out to the, the guy's shoulder to avoid contact. Right. And middle and, and Millsap jumps right into him. That should be an offensive foul. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I'm with you. I'm, I'm very curious to see how the refs, keep this officiating because we've seen so many rules right you know first few weeks this is our emphasis we're going to call it like this we're going to call it like this and then they stop you know um but i just i i'm really hopeful because i think we saw it in the olympics 
you know, where they didn't call right. a lot of we those We definitely fouls. saw it, yeah. And, 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 and the players adjusted. And I think it's a better form of, of that game. But believe it or not, I actually give Kevin Durant a lot of credit. He doesn't do a lot of that. Now, he does True. a little bit with the rip-through. Yeah. Right? The, the rip-through into the foul. He does yeah. some of that. But I don't see in him doing a lot of jumping to the sides or Great antics point. to try to draw these fouls. Like, there's a level of, like, almost purity to it. Oh, for me, I, that's a perfect word. I, I I am a basketball purist in that way, for sure. We just got in a way where it's like, free throws ain't fun, man. I ain't They're trying not. to watch this many free throws in a game. And that's I want right. defenders to be able to defend. Right. You know, and I think that's – I'm on a soapbox here. Uh, but, like, that's my – that's my big thing. It's like, I just want to see it. We're like, we've shifted too much to the offense. And I think we need to start giving defenses a little more chances to actually defend. I'm not calling for like, yo, bring the hand check back. Right. Right. But like, give them a chance to actually defend the guys. Well, for Denver, here's why this is interesting to me. Jokic is best defensively when he gets to play up at the level of the screen, because he's got great hands. He's got good anticipation. If you drop him, he can't jump high enough to contest the lob. You just throw it over him. You play him up. It's good. But the problem is to play that way, your defensive on ball defender has to fight through those screens and has to recover. So he's up at the level of the screen for one second and he can recover, but that, it's hard to do when you have a Damian Lillard who stops on a dime and does that. You're always kind of trying not to bump him. So that's why I think Denver, in my opinion, stands one of the most to gain from these rule changes. If the guards are just allowed to be a little more physical, legally physical, not like you said, hand check or this or that, but just able to try to shadow the defender around screens. It will really help them. Um, last one for you, the ball. There's a new ball this year. Nobody, yeah. I haven't seen anybody talk about this. No, but I've been thinking, I was just thinking about this the other day. <laughs> you remember what a disaster the ball was? 2005 <laughs> when they brought that ball in, but they had to cancel it like three weeks into the season because everyone was complaining. Steve Nash's fingers were bleeding because he said the ball was too dry. Do you think this is a real storyline? There's a new basketball. We might have some weird shooting numbers this year because it's a brand new, brand new ball. We're going to hear about it all training camp, Adam. <laughs> I I just, I'm just going to tell you right now, it's been quiet now. It is quiet. Once these dudes start getting – they're going to start actually – they probably start having the ball now. Yeah. It's probably starting to come out to them Free now. Everybody's beginning to return to camp. Everybody's – we might start hearing about it in the next you know week or so as guys are returning back to their teams and getting things going. That ball you're talking about, though – from like way back yeah. when, like I was that that was an early part of my time with the league, and I'm not kidding because I used to have to catch and throw those passes. That ball was terrible. Yeah. It was like <laughs> tiny paper cuts. It was the most awkward. Like I would come, the, my hands weren't bleeding like Steve Nash, but it felt like I had like little pricks in my in my. That's fingers, crazy, you know. And so it's like, and people don't understand, especially shooters are so particular about the ball shooters and ball handlers very that's why you see these guys when they're trying to figure out what ball to use before right. the game and things yeah. and 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 so on so it's going it's it's a small storyline i think it's something we'll see early in training camp i think it's something we'll see in the beginning of the season but the one thing is as long as it's not as bad as the other ball right. i think we'll we'll, we'll we'll it'll probably dissipate throughout the the season the ball from I don't even remember what year it was. It was like 2005. I just remember Steve Nash was playing and in, in Kobe. So I think it's like 2005, six, seven, somewhere in there. But the shape of it was weird. Like the lines on it weren't 
regular bat. They had a weird shape to them. And I think this new ball, it's the same shape. It's a different, maybe, maybe it's even like very similar material. It's Wilson, right? It's Wilson. Is that going? It? I can't even, man, to be on It's not Spalding. It used to be Spalding. So yeah, I think right. it is Wilson. I think the new one is Wilson, but it, okay. at least it looks like a regular basketball. They didn't try to reinvent the shape of it. Yeah, it's 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 Wilson, and you're right. It's it's just a regular bat. It, it should be just fine. Yeah. It's not hard, guys. The formula is there. All you're doing <laughs> is changing from Spalding to Wilson. That's it. Who's going to be the first guy to complain? I, I'm, I'm, I, we should place our bets. What NBA it's player? It's 100 percent a shooter. It's going to be it's, a shooter for it's sure. Gonna, it's going to be like JJ's not later. JJ's not really around, although it, it would be JJ if this was like three or four years ago. It would have been JJ Reddick would be my bet. Yeah, that would have been a good one for sure. Um, who, one. It yeah. might be like Kevin Durant might complain a little bit about it. I was thinking maybe Harden. I was thinking that maybe I, I wonder if it has more grip. I mean, an actual NBA ball doesn't have that much grip, in my opinion, compared right. to, say, like an evolution or something. And I wonder if it has a little extra grip. I wonder if it makes the handle even more dynamic. If Kyrie Irving just loves this ball because it's really right, puts right. it on the spring. We're also looking at it at the negative side of it, right? You're right. Like it might go the other way. Guys might be like, this is the best ball ever. So we- soft on the rim. It's got- <laughs> I wish we were playing with this for the past 10 years. Like this, this might be a whole, we might, we were very negative to start out. It might be a positive. Back in the day, man, if you had like whenever somebody got a fresh one of those evolution basketballs that just had so much grip, it was like, oh, you felt like you shot 90 percent from three with that thing for the first week. So, oh, the the evolution basketball were the best. best. I'm sad because like I wish I had it right next to me, but like I'll be curious to see if NBA teams are still going to have the Spalding notebook. Like, you know, I have. Oh, yeah. that, That looks like a basketball. I'm guessing no, there's big money involved. It's gotta be, it's probably going to be Wilson now or something, but like, I wonder if they're going to even have those, but that was like a big thing. Remember the NFL went to the Microsoft tablets, but they kept breaking and the coaches kept like, (laughs) it must've been the worst deal Microsoft ever made when they kept, the coaches kept breaking them out of frustration. (laughs) You guys need another one. (laughs) Uh, Well, Mo, this was fun, man. This was a lot of fun. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me. Anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Look, just, I write for Bleacher Report. I podcast for The Athletic. I have a Twitch stream, uh, which you can find in my my Twitter uh, bio. Uh, I'm going to be doing a whole lot more with Twitch, I think, this regular season. Um, more breakdowns like you saw with Bones Highland. Um, you know, just a lot of fun in general. And and we're going to talk basketball and, and, and actually have, have basketball conversations. So, um, come join me on, on, on Twitch throughout the regular season and, you know, hopefully just read my stuff. Are you going to come through Denver, man? You got to come check out the bar. No, I, listen, man, it's, it's, I will. What do we feel like it's ready? It's yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's uh, true I, sure. Definitely. Uh, I'm hoping to be out more often this, this season. Uh, that was my plan last season before COVID hit. Um, so now we're hopefully going to be able to, to, be out a little bit more so we'll, hopefully i'll be around dave defore hits me up once a week and says hey i'm coming to denver next week he never he never actually comes he's always one it, week away from visiting me that, that's that's what he just wants to keep you ready and you know what's gonna happen he's just gonna show up one day <laughs> you be like oh damn <laughs> <laughs> that was mo dakil everybody thanks so much for tuning in not just today but all week have a great three-day weekend holiday weekend and we'll see everybody back on tuesday
I also want to tell you guys about Green Mountain Dental Group. You guys know them, the family-owned dentist that is the official dentist of DNVR. They've been a longtime supporter of ours. We know a lot of our uh, listeners and supporters have gone down and checked out Green Mountain Dental Group and made them their home. Right now, you guys know their promo code. You go in, you get a cleaning and x-ray and exam, and you get a free Sonicare toothbrush. That's if you just go in, get a uh, cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you get a free Sonicare toothbrush. So check them out and let them know that we sent you.